As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. On this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll break down a deep and talented Twins roster. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. I have That's not had uh, three co-brews uh, yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Wednesday, March 3rd. I'm Al Melchior, and with me for this episode is Derek Van Riper and DVR. It's time to take a look at the Minnesota Twins and a nice mix of experience and some exciting prospects maybe to look forward to as well. A fun team and one that I think has done a really good job developing pitching in recent years, or at least maximizing the value of mid-rotation and back-end starters, and I think that makes them really appealing for our purposes. Uh, that it is. So lots to dig into here and digging into it with us from uh, The Athletic, Dan Hayes. He is the site's uh, beat writer for the Twins. And Dan, really appreciate you joining us here and uh, handling our Twins questions. Uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. It's actually, I agree, it is a really interesting team and lots of questions with them. So definitely uh, fun to kind of break down. Yeah, uh, lots of questions indeed. So uh, at least a couple of question marks in terms of what the opening day lineup might look like. And I think uh, we in the fantasy community are having a really difficult time trying to figure out the catching situation to potentially really high-end catchers and Ryan Jeffers and Mitch Garver. And yet it's not clear to us at least how that uh, playing time is going to split between them. Yeah, okay. So the way I look at it is Mitch Garver, even when he was amazing in 2019, ended up with 310 at bats. So, you know, he hits 31 home runs. He, he's homering at that incredible rate. And even then they only played him, you know, half the time, maybe 90 games. And I honestly think that's going to be very much what this split is. Again, they really like Ryan Jeffers a lot. He's a young kid. He's a really good framer. Obviously has some nice power that potentially could hit home runs. Uh, Mitch Garver, we know what he's capable of from 2019. He's healthy. Again, his intercostal is, is good. That bothered him all last year. Also, not having crowd noise really bothered him. He, he's talked about that to me multiple times, how much he hated it. So having crowd back should help him. But either way, I think it's a 90-70 split, and I think Garver is 90. You might get some extra games at first base, maybe a game at left field, DH, that kind of thing. But I, I really think 
you know, close to 50, 50, maybe a little bit edged to, to Garver just because he's the experienced one. But, um, Rocco Baldelli believes in rest recovery and Rocco. So he is a, a guy that, uh, loves to give his guys time off. He thinks it optimizes their abilities. And, you know, you look at what Garver did in that first season when he was healthy. Um, I, I think you can make a pretty good argument for, for uh, their method. Yep. Well, uh, it, yeah, it certainly worked a couple years ago. And also crowded situation in the middle infield. So how is that going to split up in terms of playing time? Yeah, it's, it's really interesting when you think about Luis Arise. Um, Marwin Gonzalez, I think, is the, the case study here. Because you look at Marwin Gonzalez and how many at-bats he got the last two years. I think he was projected for 475 if we're talking about 162 games both times. So Luis Arise should end up with 475 plate appearances, which is very good given his on-base, his average. Obviously, it's a guy that people probably are looking for and don't want to um, be limited on him. I, it's it's going to happen. I mean, you know, injuries do happen. Andrelton Simmons um, is getting a little bit older. Josh Donaldson's a little bit older. And, and so I think that you'll see those guys playing five and a half out of seven days, essentially, which opens up some, some at-bats. And we'll see Jorge Polanco slide back to shortstop at that time. Um, the real key is what Jorge Polanco shows up. I mean, you're talking about a guy who in 2019 was an all-star shortstop and had really eye-popping, nice offensive numbers that first half and into August. And then he hurt his ankle on kind of fell off a little bit towards the end. And last year, that was nowhere to be found. He's had two off-season ankle surgeries in a row. Um, this one, they believe, really got things fixed. His numbers from the left side. In the past, his OPS, I think, in 19 was 891. Last year, it was 606. They need the 891 guy. And it's, at second base, that'd be a pretty nice addition. Obviously, they have some shortstop flexibility uh, as far as positional flexibility, too. So um, it'll, it'll mostly be, I, I would bet, Andrelton Simmons plays 120 games. I would bet Polanco plays 140 games between short and second. And that we'll see Arise still find some playing time because Donaldson's not going to play 130 games. He's going to be a 120-game uh, guy if he can stay healthy. I think they really want to let him rest and, and not put that calf, uh, test those calves out all the time. Dan, I have to ask you quickly about Byron Buxton. 13 home runs in the shortened season. He only played 39 games. I don't think anybody was expecting power near that rate from Buxton. If you're expecting anything from him in fantasy, it's stolen bases. What do you see from him this spring? Does he look similar to how he looked in 2020? Where do you see the production shifting for him? Do you see it going back to some power but a lot more speed again? Or do you think what we saw in 2020 is actually a sign of things to come? I think it's probably a sign of things to come just because he hasn't gotten on base that much. You look at his on-base percentage and it's dwindling. He's been very aggressive the last two years. And that was something you look at what he, the way he was hitting in uh, 2018, you know, he was really frustrated by the way the, the team had kind of tried to have him change his style. And he wasn't feeling like himself. He went back to himself, which was a more aggressive style, which means not taking walks. He doesn't single a whole lot when he hits the ball on the ground. Uh, or puts it in the outfield on the ground, it usually turns into a double. So he doesn't steal third base. You look at how many times he's stolen third base in his career. I believe it's under five. I, I don't think he just doesn't try it. And and honestly, with the lineup, I mean, you know, he's been batting the ninth a lot. So when that lineup turns over, I don't think they want him to be running in front of Kepler, Polanco, Sano, Cruz, Donaldson, all those guys. So, um, you know, the stolen bases to me seems like that's going to go. It, obviously, that potential is always going to be there. But unless he's singling, 
I don't know that he will get that. And unless he starts walking more and the problem is, is if he is walking more, he's less aggressive. I think he, the reason why we've seen those home runs go up is because he is um, very much looking for his pitch when he gets it, he's putting in play a lot of doubles, a lot of homers. Um, we will see how that aggressive swing rate plays out over 162 and whether or not he can continue to homer at that rate. That was incredible last year. I wouldn't be shocked if he's like a 25, 30 homer guy. He's added a little muscle this year. Um, mostly that is to basically get through, you know, he hurt his, his shoulder sort of late in the season, diving into home plate. He had rehabbed it all off season, just kind of kept working it and um, added muscle. And I think he just keeps wanting to get stronger to stay on the field. And that's, that's really the big key with him. You mentioned it only 39 games last year. Uh, the year before, I think he was 87 games. The year before that was very restricted. We've only seen him play a full season once, and and it's clear that's a key for him. Still keeps showing flashes of being a, an impact player, though, when he's out there. I want to ask you about some of the back-end starters here, You know, behind yeah. Kenta Maeda, behind Jose Barrios. A lot of question marks. I mean, Michael Pineda, of course, has missed time with injuries. He's been suspended before. You get yeah. to Jay Happ and Matt Shoemaker. Those guys on a per-inning basis are all pretty interesting, but the problem could be keeping those guys healthy. How do you see things playing out in the back end of the Twins rotation? Well, Pinedo, you know, had Tommy John in, I think, 17. Was coming back from it and was potentially going to be on the field in 18. Hurt his knee in the last month of the season, and, and that prevented him from getting on the field. They had to kind of monitor that when he came back in 19 at first. And it took a little time. He's a big guy. I mean, his name is Big Mike for a reason. That's just his, uh, what teammates call him. But if you look at what he's done with the Twins over 31 starts, he's got a 3-7 war. He's really been good. I think he's a guy that is a good value. He's not going to be more than a 6 in guy because they don't allow their pitchers to go deep into games. But it's going to be 6 innings, 6 strikeouts, and maybe 2 runs. And he's going to keep them in a lot of games and get wins. He works fast. His fastball slider combo is lethal. I saw him strike out Nelson Cruz the other day. Nelson Cruz was shaking his head. Um, you know, they they really are big believers in Pineda. And, and because of what you guys, you, you mentioned, it looks like he isn't able to stay on the field. They're good at keeping guys on the field. He's a guy they will keep a very close eye on because of the body. And, and I think that gives him a better chance of making 31, 32 starts. Hap will be really interesting. You know, he's been consistent. You look at the projected home runs. I think baseball savant said that he would have given up something like seven to 12 fewer home runs over those two years at target field versus Yankee stadium. I think that's going to help him a lot. Um, it's a, it's a fairer ballpark for a fly ball guy than Yankee stadium is with the short porch. Of course, the most stable guy in the rotation being him uh, starts the season with COVID. He just came back. Um, I still think they, they're talking about it today. You know, he's got 30 days to go and, and get back in, in shape. Um, he was able to throw a little bit in before, between. He, I think he had been off the mound 8 to 12 times leading up to camp. So his arm strength's in a good place. I don't think he feels like he missed too much in the 10 days off. Um, and they might piggyback him or, you know, they might go six-man rotation to start the year. But they, they're planning to ease him in, but I think they also wouldn't have a problem if he's a 75 pitch pitcher on opening day or whatever that first start is 
Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I want to ask you quickly about the closer role. Will the Twins have one closer after bringing in Alex Colomay, or is there going to be a committee with Taylor Rogers and Colomay sharing those chances? Yeah, hey, I wouldn't even be surprised if we saw Tyler Duffy pick up some saves. I wouldn't be surprised if Hansel Robles gets a few saves. Bulk guys, it will be Rogers and, and Colomay, probably 15 to 20 saves each, and that, that's where you probably can guess from. Obviously, that's not 30 saves and sexy, but when you think about what like a guy like Duffy can do, all those strikeouts they racks up, low ERA, lower low whip, and then if he throws in five seven saves on top of it, um, they just they they really look for the best matchups, and there's it's going to provide lots of value. There won't be that one guy. Um, although Taylor Rogers, I think, is a really good sleeper for bouncing back to his nineteen norms. They were he was the team's P, uh, player rep last year, and he was frustrated as hell having to answer every phone call about COVID and trying to figure out all the stuff he he this is the first time he'd ever done it he talked about that um it was just a weird year he's a guy that likes to be in control so i think he probably wore that a little bit you look at his metrics his fit was the same as it was in 2019 last year he his velocity his spin rate was better on both his slider and his fastball than it had been the year before so all this stuff suggests he would have been better i think you've got a little bit snake bit at times balls found the hole their defense was awful at times behind him i think he should be in much better shape especially with andrelton simmons at shortstop and jorge polanco at second base yeah i was just thinking the same thing so that's certainly good news for the whole pitching staff uh well i think we would be remiss to at least not talk a little bit about prospects and of course the one we're all keeping an eye on is alex kirilov so is he ready for uh, opening days he deemed to be major league ready or is it likely he'll go down for a while you know, I, I am torn on this one because the skeptic in me says no way that he is on opening day. They're going to play service time manipulation. Obviously, Kevin Mather brought some big uh, attention to that You know, last week or whatever it was two weeks ago with, with uh, his comments that led to him getting uh, fired or resigning, whatever it was, the uh, forced resignation. Um, you know, I, with that said, the Twins were telling agents when – they were asked about Eddie Rosario leaving. Yes, Kirloff is our guy. Uh, they want to win. I think that they understand how big that 20 games can mean in the standings. And if uh, having Alex Kirloff for those 20 games means winning a division versus coming in second and getting a wild card, I think they want the, the division. I really, it's weird to think that, um, but I think they, they think maybe these rules will get changed down the road as far as how much service time matters. Um, and, and if that's the case, it would be a moot point. I don't know that they want to really upset Scott Boris on this. And, and I think that, you know, that seventh year is pretty expensive. Chris Bryant is getting paid a whole lot for not very much production from 2020. And, and when you think about that, I, I think they are willing to accept that. And if Alex Kirloff wants to stick around, they're going to know he's expensive anyways and have to pay him anyways. So I think they're kind of looking to start the clock on opening day. I'm, I'm still not fully convinced of this, but I am more on the side of him starting on opening day than I am on, against it. And even five days ago, if you'd asked me, I would have said 
Alex Kirilov starting the season, the minors. So, I mean, if he was ready for the playoffs um, and they, and they told agents that I really feel like they believe he's ready for the regular season, he just can't fall flat on his face during spring training. If he does that, he will start at AAA. All right. Well, uh, you know, sometimes we preach not to watch uh, spring training stats too closely, but this is definitely a case where uh, we'll look at those numbers really closely over the coming weeks. So uh, great stuff, Dan. Really appreciate it. But uh, that's going to wrap things up for this episode of Fantasy Baseball 15. If you're enjoying this podcast on a platform that lets you leave a rating and a review, we would greatly appreciate it if you do take the time to do that and also to fill out our listener survey. Just click on the link provided in the show notes. So, uh, Dan, thanks so much for uh, helping us out with uh, all these uh, twins questions. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. All right. Well, our pleasure. Absolutely. So for Dan Hayes and for Derek Van Riper, I'm Al Melkier, and we'll be right back here on Thursday. Thursday.